0: Happy Mother's Day, ladies! Today we celebrate moms and all mom-like people in our lives. We celebrate those who nurture our hopes and dreams, model hard work, those that show us how to have a little fun. We celebrate those who've loved us in our darkest moments and those who celebrate our victories, those that provide a shoulder and a listening ear. We celebrate those whose thoughtfulness shows up at just the right time. We celebrate those that live out faith, that we might see and know what it looks like. We celebrate each of you today. One of the things that I love about my mom is her faith. Over the years, I watched her live her faith. She has an amazing ability to take a horrible day or season and see what is good in it. In times of struggle and pain, I watched her talk to God in a quiet place or through tears whisper under her breath, or even out loud in the car out of pure frustration. I watched her hold on to hope with everything she had, even when what she felt was not what she knew to be true. In these vulnerable moments, she showed me what it looks like to cling to Jesus when life doesn't make sense, or it's uncomfortable, or when I feel overwhelmed. You know, being a mom has taught me so much. I learn so much about myself by watching my son. I benefit so much from watching how he interprets the world. A few weeks back, my little guy, Samuelito, like everyone else, we've been staying in and we're in need of some fresh air. So I moved the project that I was working on outside and I encouraged him to play, to breathe the fresh air, to burn some energy and enjoy the sun meanwhile i was inwardly having a meltdown okay maybe not just inwardly outwardly as well another day that felt like the day before and it was not going as i needed it to go and it was not going as planned this new normal which each day rolls into the next adjusting to something new different and unexpected in every area of life i was feeling overwhelmed and asking, why can't I adapt fast enough? So here I am, well into my internal rant, and I glance over and I notice what Samuelito is wearing. He's wearing snow boots, shorts, a Batman hoodie, a pirate vest, and an eye patch. I couldn't help but chuckle and think, man, this guy finds new ways to brighten my day. Thank God for Samuelito. So I quickly snapped a photo. just a few days ago I was looking through my phone and I came across this photo and I smiled and I thought whoa he's dressed how I actually feel. I feel caught between two seasons old normal and new normal. Stealing time from one task could do the other and I'm wearing an eye patch that's inhibiting me from seeing what's in front of me. My mom's superpowers are out of order. My faith It's still there, but it's being knocked around. Life has felt a little out of control or maybe a lot out of control for most of us these days. The uncertainty of tomorrow is wearing us down. We ask, when will this end? I don't know what it is for you, whether it's working from home in a new routine, whether it's homeschooling, maybe you're wondering if you're gonna have a job next week or when you'll be able to go back to work all this social distancing, maybe you're feeling lonely. And family dynamics, we all have family dynamics and this 24/7, it might be getting a bit much. And then there's fear. Fear pipes up and speaks the same old lies we've heard over our lifetime. But now those lies seem a little louder. For many of us, this season isn't the starting point for these realities, thoughts, frustrations or feelings. COVID-19 seems to have amplified them. It's highlighting the abandoned areas of our life or the parts we just don't like talking about. It's even poking at our, at our weakness. Our pain feels bigger and our hurts are exposed. And we want out. We can no longer ignore that something needs to shift. Something needs to change and maybe it needs to change starting with us. So this is my conversation with God about a month into our new reality. It went something like this. What is going on? I know you're here, but what is going on? I listened to a podcast that suggest, suggested you find something familiar in, and among all this chaos, flip through an old photo album, jogging a memory to a familiar and a safe time. The idea was to retrace your steps, thinking of the times God has shown up in your life, track his faithfulness in finding your perspective. So retracing my steps brought me here, my spot here in the garden of hope, tucked in the corner, a peaceful and quiet place where I felt safe in uncertainty, inspired and infused with encouragement, where I've heard his voice, and I have known his listening ear. So I invite you today to join me in my spot, the Statue of Hope. This statue of Jesus sitting close beside a woman, I imagine him lovingly listening to her, her every word, her desires, her hopes, her misunderstandings, her dreams, even her fears, you know, If you notice, he's looking directly into her eyes. And this reminds me that Jesus sees me, that my story matters. I can't count the times I've talked to God right here, giving over so many of my hopes in this very spot. God has answered in unexpected ways. And some of my hopes, well, I'm still waiting to see what he has planned. But you see, it's not just my story that matters to Jesus. Every woman, every man, every teen, every child's story matters to Jesus. For the next few minutes, we have the chance to hear how Jesus engages a woman's story found in the New Testament. It's the second half of the Bible in the second book, and it's titled Mark, chapter five, verses 24 through 34. We enter this passage finding Jesus in what is becoming a typical situation. No matter where Jesus went, he drew a crowd. There was a buzz, an interest in who Jesus was. People desired to see firsthand his power as he performed miracles. There's something else that stood out about Jesus in this time. It's the way he treated people, especially those that went unseen. So one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, he urgently came to Jesus, begging him to heal his daughter, who was close to death. Jesus agreed to go with the man, and the crowd followed closely behind him. And then in verse 25, it says, And there was a woman in the crowd that had suffered 12 years with constant bleeding. She'd suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she'd spent everything she had to pay them. But she'd gotten no better. In fact, she'd gotten worse. If we take a moment to imagine this woman's reality, what it may have really been. She lived a life of physical pain, complete exhaustion, physical, emotional, and spiritual. She was in isolation. She experienced financial strain. And 12 years of waiting, seriously, if you've ever waited for anything, you can begin to empathize. I imagine she developed a sense of frustration, maybe even worthlessness, hopelessness, and wondering, is a cure even possible? But then in verse 27, it says, she had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe." So this part is, is really significant. What this meant in first-century culture was powerful. Women at that time could not legally be educated. They could not be counted in a census or even stand witness in court. People couldn't leave home or travel in public places without a male present. Not to mention that this woman was considered unclean due to her illness. She was not to be in public near others because that would also consider them unclean. The ramifications she might have endured for just being in the crowd were intense. The potential of lost income, the financial support that she gleaned from the community, she must have considered. What would others say? Like, what will they think about me? What will they do when they see that I'm out and about as an unclean woman? And for that matter, without a, without a male present. She knew she would have to maneuver her way into the crowd undetected. It says in verse 28 For she thought to herself, if I could just touch his robe, I'll be healed. You know, she wasn't concerned about her present reality. Her focus was on Jesus, her target for healing. For what she had heard about Jesus, she had an all-in idea. Her hope, her desperation, led her to believe that faith could change anything. Immediately, the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that the healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched me? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking. A Frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him. This part stands out to me because Jesus stopped. He defied culture. And he shows this woman value. He listened to her. She was not a task or an interruption. Jesus, he saw her, her history, her experiences, her person. It mattered to him. Okay, so get ready for this. This is my favorite part. Verse 34, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Jesus calls her daughter. History may not have called this woman by name, but Jesus called her daughter. This is the only recorded time when Jesus uses the term daughter. He made this unseen, unclean, suffering, and frustrated, lonely woman family. He focused on her true identity. He places value on her existence. And then he instructs her to go in peace. The word peace here means complete, wholeness, security, fulfillment, tranquility, and success. So he directs her to move forward from this day, secure, whole, complete, and fulfilled. He then says, your suffering is over. I don't know, but I imagine her response, the release that she feels within her heart, The relief, the joy, the excitement. I can only imagine how excited she must have felt. Jesus, the Son of God, recognized her as his own and gave her a purpose to move forward with security and fulfillment. He has given a new life, a fresh start. Faith changed everything. So after reading this, a few questions, you know, they surfaced to my mind. I, I wonder how much faith is enough faith or how does faith work? And what does this type of faith look like today? Later in the New Testament, in the book of Hebrews, it defines faith for us. The first verse it says, what is faith? It is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen it is the evidence of things we cannot yet see. I love how Dr. Neil Anderson and Steve Goss of Freedom in Christ explain the idea of faith at work. The Bible words faith, trust, and believe are all the same word in the original Greek. But you know, in English, when you say you believe something, it doesn't carry the same weight as when you say you trust something. Faith is not agreeing with something only in your mind. It is reliance that you demonstrate in your reactions, in your actions, and how you live. God's love for you is real and it is powerful, but on its own does not mean you'll be the person He wants you to be, and that you will do the things He's prepared for you. Faith is about the choices you make. The choices you make come down to what you believe. Not Not necessarily what you think or you say you believe, Faith is simply recognizing what is already true. So find out from God what is true and choose to believe it, whether it feels true or not. Faith changes everything. The unmade woman, this daughter of Jesus, put her trust, her belief, and faith into action. And she's not the only Bible person to do so. We see God responding to acts of faith in the lives of Moses, Abraham, David, Daniel, Joshua, Deborah, Mary. And that's just to name a few. You and I, were not so much different than Bible people. We talk about this all the time when we think about how we want to pass faith to the next generation. Our orange partners communicate it best. God always used people to demonstrate his story of redemption. Redemption means to buy back. God actually became human. He became one of us through through Jesus. He bought us back from our suffering, whether it be physical, emotional. He released us from the power of our sin. You know, I think that we can forget that God was revealed himself through an actual person. God saw the need to show who he is to the people who couldn't see him by sending someone that they could see. And that was Jesus. When we recognize that we're not alone and we're actually unable to navigate this life and we can't figure it out solo, or we can't fix every problem, self-reliance, money, relationships, status, career goals, they're not enough we do need Jesus when we choose him to be the leader of our life God gives us that power the same power that healed the unnamed woman and resurrected Jesus lives inside of every one of us he gives us everything we need to full to live a full and complete life but it's our decision to put our faith into action If you're listening today and you've never put your trust or faith in Jesus and and this conversation has raised a lot of questions for you, well, I just want you to know, He sees you. He cares about your story, every single part of it. He loves you and He has things for you specifically to accomplish. And it's not too late to trust Him. He tells us that all we need to do is to call on Him. If you have questions and you would like someone to walk alongside you as you figure out how to place your faith in Jesus, please connect with us, whether it's here um, through Facebook Messenger or a phone call or go to our website and in the Contact Us box. We would love nothing more but than to talk to you and to walk alongside you. You know, people can't see God and people can't see Jesus. People can't see the Holy Spirit, but people can see people who follow God. So I wonder what it would look like if if you brainstormed this week about the area of your life that needs a step of faith. Maybe it's the area of relationships. Are there relationships in your life that are strained or broken? What faith step could you take to mend or restore a relationship? Maybe it's finances. You're fearful of the uncertainty that surrounds your financial well-being. How could you step forward in faith and invite Jesus into those parts of your life? Maybe it's your past. You have experience that cause anxiety, that bring up fear, overwhelming feelings of shame, or you have wounds that go so deep you couldn't imagine you could ever be healed what would it look like to invite faith into those places, to push out, to push fear out and step forward in faith? So you may be thinking, I don't know the answers to these questions and I don't even know where to start. I just wanna encourage you to ask God, what holds you back from feeling fulfillment? What holds you back from living a peaceful life or from trusting God fully? and then ask yourself, if it didn't matter what other people thought of me, what would I do? If I weren't afraid, what would I do? And if you could be healed, what would you ask to be healed from? The unnamed woman, she fell at Jesus' feet and she shared her story. She had exhausted every option in her own power. She had put her faith in What she had put her faith in until this time did not work for her. She shows us that the power, or the miracle, wasn't in the size of her faith. The power is in Jesus. She just needed to take a step toward it. Faith changes everything. Steve Goss states that if you want to know what someone really believes, don't listen to what they say, but look what they do. The times my faith has gone to deeper, to a deeper place. It's actually rare that my circumstance changed right away or even at all. In my experience, most commonly, it was my heart that changed. It was my understanding that changed. My focus was redirected to Jesus, the target of my faith. And you know, this is what happened the day I came across the photo of my Batman pirate short snow boot, eye patch wearing Samuelito. You know, he owned that outfit. He didn't care what anyone thought or said. In that moment, he demonstrated a confidence in who he is and moved forward with his day. This moment highlighted in me what I sometimes feel isn't in line with what I know to be true about who Jesus is or who he says I am. And when I recognize that, my beliefs are identified in my actions and my behaviors. It's Jesus who makes me brave and gives me courage New places in my heart open up for faith to move in when I push aside fear. When I push aside hurts or past experiences. It's in these moments we choose to put our faith in God or put our faith in something else. So imagine the result of our brainstorm, our self-reflection this week. If it caused us to live in such a way that we lived like our story mattered to Jesus. Moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, married or single, teens, kids. What if we all lived so others in our family, in our workplace, in our schools, in our church, neighborhood, and in our community could see us following Jesus, acting like faith changes everything? You know, I think it would change almost every interaction. It would change our priorities, how we handle conflict, how we value and love each other. God strategically used the unnamed woman to communicate his power and his character. Let us live like our faith is a miracle working, all powerful life changer. A step of faith changes everything. Ladies, we started our out celebrating you and we wanna end today celebrating you. So my encouragement to you is let your faith shine through. Know that no matter what day it is, you matter to Jesus. The days you feel disconnected or caught in between two seasons. The days you feel put together when your mom superpowers are fully engaged. The days you feel overwhelmed when you can't see what lies ahead. Every day, you matter to Jesus. You have value and he wants to strategically use you in his story to demonstrate that faith changes everything. So talk to him, whether it's a whisper under your breath, a shout out in pure frustration or in thanksgiving through laughter or tears, cling to Jesus. Dear miracle working God, I thank you for showing yourself to us through everyday people, all through the Bible. Thank you for sending us Jesus so that we can see who you are. God, I pray that you would, you would help us trust you. That you would give us courage this week to be honest and to think about what parts of our life need a step of faith. God, I pray that you would give us that power that we need to allow our faith to be exhibited in our actions. God, we trust you, and we know that you are still here. Give us courage. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.